0: A momentous week for the Dons with the opening of our new multi million pound training complex, and we also secured wins against Hamilton and Kilmarnock. In this week's bumper podcast, we have a full replay of events at the opening of Cormac Park, plus a round of both those wins on Wednesday and Saturday coming up, including post match reaction with Derek McInnes on the AFC Donscast on Tuesday, the 5th of November. Get into all the events around Cormac Park. We'll start with our win against Kilmarnock on Saturday. What a difference a week makes. Aberdeen made two changes to the team that defeated Hamilton on Wednesday. Craig Bryson dropped out of the team after going off during the Hamilton match at half time with an ankle injury. Curtis Main came in as his replacement. Andy Constein was benched with Mikey Devlin taking his spot in the starting 11. It didn't take long for the Dons to get on the score sheet after Lewis Ferguson put in a fantastic cross, which Curtis Main picked up well and drove home the diving header from six yards out and into the back of the net. Joe Lewis blocked a well-taken drive from Rory McKenzie in the 17th minute. Sam Cosgrove continues his scoring form and put in his 16th of the season after he picked up the ball from a Niall McGinn corner and he headed down the ball and it bounced into the net for our second of the day. Joe Lewis was in hand again to block a header from Gary Dicker on the half-hour mark, and he padded an Allen Power shot just before half-time that took a deflection. Cosgrove went close again in the 50th minute after his 25-yarder crashed off the far post. Sam went down with an injury in the 65th minute and was forced off and was replaced by Connor McLennan. And Connor didn't take long to make his mark on Kilmarnock, driving a powerful shot at Branescu, which was unfortunately blocked there was still a goal in the game and it came from a corner kick from McLennan flicked on by Greg Lee at the near post and Scott McKenna picked up the ball at the back post and fired the shot in from close range. A fantastic end to the game and a deserved win for the Dons at a Um But i
1: have been happy with 3 now before and it's traditionally difficult to score against difficult to play against um, you know they, they normally don't concede too many um, and obviously we looked at maybe the challenges we'd have had at centre-back with injury and suspension and we tried to take full advantage of that, and thankfully we did today. Um, you know, and I do think you know we can't ignore the Celtic game. But the last, is positives against Hibbs out there, um, the ten men, you know, we've um, you know beat the two teams run about as mother and commander at three nothing, but very convincing victories, and beaten uh, one at Hamilton, which is definitely a hard game for us. So, you know, I, I do feel that there's there is some positives to take for the team in, in recent weeks, um, but the two games that we've had since the Celtic game is. Um, Hopefully get a wee bit more confidence in the team, a bit more belief. And also showing the team that you know, we are a decent side. Uh, I still think we're a good bit off Celtic and, and Rangers at the minute. But we are capable of winning games in this league and hopefully show that we're capable of going on a one-and-run and, run and uh, getting a bit of momentum into our campaign.
0: Meanwhile on Wednesday night, Derek McInnes made three changes to the starting lineup. Lewis Ferguson returned from a two-game suspension, and Craig Bryson was back in the starting lineup. Ryan Hedges also made a comeback to the starting lineup. Mikey Devlin, John Gallagher, and Connor McLennan would all drop to the bench. Hamilton made the opening gambit in the fifth minute when Miko Miller put a shot wide from 12 yards out. Five minutes later, Sam Cosgrove nearly came close from a Nile McGinn cross, but he couldn't put the ball beyond Owen Fonge Williams. The opening and only goal of the match came in the 14th minute after Ryan Hedges played a free kick to Lewis Ferguson, who then shot a left-footed drive into the roof of the Hamilton net. Fantastic finish. The Dons continued to put on the pressure. Sam Cosgrove coming close in the 28th and 39th minute. Dean Campbell came on at half-time to replace Craig Bryson, a precautionary move following his lengthy injury spell. The second half was more of a pedestrian affair and didn't have the spark of the first half. Both Lewis Ferguson and Now McGinn had a couple of shots, but without success. Sam Cosgrove was defeated by the woodwork in the 82nd minute as he picked up a Logan Cross by his header, hit the base of the post. In the end, that elusive second goal never came, but three points away from home, in the back.
2: Derek, uh, it was a, a goal worthy of winning any game.
1: Yeah, um, well, we've seen that from Lewis in the past. Haven't we? scoring not just important goals, but spectacular goals. It was a brilliant finish for him. Um, you know, it was a one 0 victory and we'd have took that before the game because obviously it was all about getting back to winning ways and feeling better with ourselves and getting three points but you know some of the, the stuff we played tonight, both in the counter-attack and possession, um, we should have been out of sight. Um and well you come away from home, uh, the home side are always going to get a bit of pressure as long as there's one 0 Throwing things thrown things into the box at the end there. But I thought we uh, stood up to it. Everything that I was hoping we'd get from the performance tonight was there. Other than some more goals. Um and I thought, as I say, some of the play was terrific, but a great finish for Lewis, um, to to win the game. And
3: whereas on Sunday you, you were difficult to find any pluses, there wasn't anybody who didn't play up to the mark today
2: tonight.
1: Yeah, I think everybody um contributed and that's the way it's gotta be. It's gotta be a collective, you know, and I think that um we've made some changes, but you know, truth be told, we could have made any changes after Sunday and such a disappointing day but you know we couldn't do anything about sunday today all we can do is try to win the next game and obviously we've done it um and you know i think that we we spoke tonight about the next couple of games you know hamilton and then obviously Kilmarnock on saturday about just trying to churn out wins and get back to try to get a wee bit of momentum feeling good about ourselves and you know it was a bitterly cold night but you know thanks to the supporters coming down and i think they enjoyed seeing a lot of what was on tonight Um, and it shows you that uh, we can play. I think it was good to have two proper midfielders back in there. I thought Zach was excellent, but having Lewis and Bryson back in there, we, we, we took Craig off at half time just because he ro- rolled his ankle on the surface. and Dean came on and, and Dean did fine as well. So you know, I think you're right what you said there. I think everybody contributed. And that's the way it's got to be to, to get winning performances for the club. And Bryson should be okay for Saturday? I think so. I, I don't know. Um, he was keen to stay on. Um, but we just um, made the decision, and the surface was always something that was in my head for the night. And but we're keen to get him back. And I think even although he wasn't maybe eye-catching, he just his influence. I can see him, you know, people I think that uh, understand maybe midfielders and you know backing instructions, went to press and all the rest. It's just having that level of experience and quality on the pitch. And um, and I thought it was quietly effective um, and working his way through the game. But it was just unfortunate we had to made the decision to take him off, but hopefully okay for the weekend. Well Thank you. Cheers.
0: Well, it was a full fixture card on Wednesday night in the Scottish Premiership. Celtic remained top on goal difference after a 2-0 home win over St Mirren. Mohamed Elianusi and James Forrest scored in the second half for Neil Lennon's side, while Saints slipped to the bottom of the table on goal difference. Ryan Jack and Alfredo Morelos both scored twice as Rangers saw off Ross County 4-0 in Dingwall to move to within a goal of Celtic at the summit. Liam Donnelly and Devon were on target as third place Madewell beat 10-man 2-1 at Fir Park. St Johnston leapfrogged Hearts with a 1-0 win at McDermott Park, courtesy of a Christoph Bera on goal. While Martin Boyle marked his return from injury with a stoppage time equaliser as Hibbs hit back to draw 2 one with Livingston at Easter Road. On Saturday, the Don stayed just behind third place Madewell, who beat Livingston 2-1 at Fir Park, while Hamilton Ackes and Ross County drew 2-all. Celtic are through to the final of the League Cup next month after beating Hibs 5 2 at Hamden Park on Saturday evening. Mohamed El and Skipper Scott Bryan both scored twice for Neil Lennon's side, with Callum McGregor also on target. Melker Halberg and substitute Florian Camberi netted for Hibs at the National Stadium. Rangers will join Celtic in the League Cup final after their 3 0 win against Hearts at Hamden on Sunday. The final will take place on Sunday, the 8th of December. Aberdeen Under-18s continue their winning run, making it seven wins on the trot after they saw of Air United 4-1 at the Balmoral Stadium with two penalties scored by Conor Barron and individual efforts from Kevin Hanrati and Michael Dengana scoring all their goals in the first half. Air United got their consolation in the 88th minute. And we don't normally mix politics with football, but former Aberdeen goalie Derek Stilley has launched his bid to become a Conservative MP for Central Ayrshire in the upcoming general election. Lee made 27 appearances for Aberdeen between 1994 and 1999 and has been coaching at Air United. Ahead of the opening of Cormac Park, the club had asked supporters to name the six training pitches after some Dons legends. Neil Cooper, Teddy Scott, Joe Harper, Willie Miller, Ian Jess and Jim Layton got the accolades. And we're about to hear from Jim, Joe, Ian and Willie on the honour and what the training regime was like in their planning days.
2: Great memories of training at the beach and at Seton Park, and we had to remove a lot of objects before we started and stuff like that. But that was just what it was, so nobody complained about it. We just got on with it. The young boys used to carry the goals down, and it was okay at the start, but um, they didn't always check when the, the tide was coming in. So it was amazing how the pitch was getting narrower and narrower. Ah, it was good, it was good fun, but that's it made you, you know, it showed your character for for these days as well. So, it's great to see that the facilities are going to be there now, and um, I'm sure that'll hopefully be a catalyst for you know a lot more better players to come through the night. Um, I didn't actually know about it until I, I got a message from someone at the club who um, uh, sent me a message to let me know. So no, I was well chuffed. It's a it's a nice way for for you know what I've hopefully done at the, you know in my career at the club to be to be remembered. So no, I was well chuffed about it.
4: We used to go to Seton Park. Seaton was uh, where we did our pre-season training, and uh, twice a week maybe. And uh, you had to run over boulders and bits of glass and uh, ditches and branches of trees and stuff like that. You know, everybody tucked into a, a place to get changed. And when you're trying to get your jersey, you're taking somebody else's jersey, all the gear is swapped all over the place. Eddie Tumble was very good. He always let me go out and do a half an hour after our training session and I used to have boys like Jim Lay and John Gardner in Gold, and young boys crossing the ball, I Just all they had to do was cross the ball in it didn't matter if it was a low cross or a high cross, just cut, cross it in and I would do my volleys, my half volleys, overhead kicks, diving headers not that I needed too many diving headers, and I just love shooting I'll often hit the, see the ball hitting the back of the net it's uh, just amazing, the good players to come to Aberdeen and with a training in facility like this, you're going to do that, it's a great honour yeah probably one of my honours that's up top there, you know, um, and as you quite rightly like it said, it's the fans, I've always been a, a fans person, always played for the fans, always loved them, they used to sing songs, I loved that, so for this to happen, you know, it's just amazing, absolutely amazing, I'm so proud uh, that I know that in 50 odd years when I'm dead, well dead, that we'll be at Joe Harper Park somewhere and people will ask who Joe Harper is and they'll tell the story.
2: It's always nice back to back the city. it's always a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. To have that facility, it's, like a, it's a massive thing for players. I mean, it was talked about, Alex Smith sort of talked about it uh, back in his day, I can remember that when, when I was a youngster. So. You know, I can always remember. So i go to see him part. You put can start of practice and do a little bit extra. I think it'll be very beneficial for the club in and, and attracting players. Because like, even when I saw down south, it's like, oh Aberdeen. You know, it's sort of just that's sort a of mindset. It's always such a cool place. I mean, that's just uh, that's the best that you can get for the fans to have one of the pitches named after It's just. Uh, it's humbling again, like the Hall of Fame, it's just a, uh, uh, it's just a brilliant thing.
5: It was a case of getting yourself to the stadium, getting yourself changed, going in a bus, going to the training facilities, coming back to the stadium, you know, if you wanted to go back out again, get yourself, you know, fed, and then get back in the car, and the bus, go back out to wherever we could find. We used municipal pitches, uh, basically, uh, you know, they weren't a great state of repair. You know, we sometimes used Pataudry, but not enough a lot. And then, of course, it was always a beach um, where uh, we would use. And the only problem, of course, with the beach was that you had to send someone down to check if the tide was in or the tide was out. Taking all that into consideration, then, you yeah, we did not too bad winning a trophy or two. I think that uh, Aberdeen, w- w- with this facility now, can, can really, maybe even better, some of the top clubs in Scotland, rather than just match them. It's perfect to entice, you know, players that you're trying to, quality players that you want to entice to the club. Um, And I'm absolutely delighted and uh, very humbled to be, uh, you know, put my name to one of the pitches and I've been voted for by the fans. So it's uh, great to hear that news and, you know, as you say, the name will live on. But the most important thing is that the facilities are here now. It's been a long time uh, coming.
0: On to the talking point of last week and the opening of our new training complex at Kingsford, Cormac Park. Sir Alex Ferguson cut the ribbon at our new £12 million investment, which gives us our first training facility of our own. In days gone by, as you are hearing, it would have seen Alex and former Don's bosses having to train on public parks, university grounds and even on the bench. And finally, with the arrival of Cormac Park, those days are past now and we pick up the events of the day from the opening ceremony with Richard Gordon and the speeches from Stuart Milne. Alex Ferguson, Dave Cormack, Bobby Clark, Derek McInnes, and Aberdeen FC Community Trust Chairman Duncan Skinner. Ladies
6: and gentlemen, Distinguished guests, a very good afternoon and a welcome to one of the days in the history of Aberdeen Football Club. This is a massive step for everyone the culmination of the first stage towards realising a decades-long dream. Over the next 40 minutes or so, we will hear from a number of people who have either been close to the project or who have played a big part in the club reaching this point. We've got genuine Dawn's legends in attendance. They'll be giving their thoughts on this historic day. As you saw, the official opening ceremony has taken place later. There will be photo opportunities and the chance for the media to interview some of our special guests. Uh, Lisa will be coordinating all that, so I'm sure she will meet your requests. Before then, we have a number of speakers, and we're going to start with the chairman. It's over two decades since he took over the role, and securing a new stadium and training facility has been one of his driving forces ever since. He's shown determination. He's kept going when many others would have given up. It has been a struggle and it has taken a long time, so long in fact that he had a full head of hair when he started. (laughs) But he's got there and he deserves an awful lot of credit for doing so. Please welcome the Chairman of Aberdeen Football Club, Stuart Mill.
7: Thank you Richard. I can always uh, a good introduction from you. Uh, it, it's a great great honor to, to be here today. Uh, first of all, uh, Council, Leader Lumsden, Sir Alec, ladies and gentlemen, we are finally here. I must admit there's been a few bleak moments. Uh, the odd occasion, if I when I wondered if we'd ever get here. But after almost 20 years of searching for a new home for our club. Overcoming quite a few hurdles along the way, including a legal challenge, we finally made it. We secured planning back in January 2018 and as soon as we cleared all the planning conditions, we embarked in the construction of this fantastic facility. And I'm absolutely delighted and, to be honest, immensely relieved that we're here today celebrating the successful completion of Phase One. There are so many people to thank for helping us get here. But before I do, I'd like to remind everyone about our vision. The project here at Kingsford will eventually represent 50 million-plus of private sector investment, in a new stadium, community sports hub, training facilities, and football academy. Our vision was to deliver a dynamic, visionary, inclusive football and community facility, which positively inspires and touches the lives of everyone within the region something that helps a club achieve its long-term success at the top of Scottish football and regain our position as a top club in Europe. A lasting legacy that we can all be proud of, which adds to the sporting and cult- cultural richness of a region. This is therefore a project of regional and national importance which everyone across the community can benefit. From our fervent fans, families, budding footballers, future sports stars, to those who simply just want to get fit. From youth football clubs, community groups, the disadvantaged and disabled, to the third sector organizations and businesses. Hopefully. This will also act as a catalyst for greater sport and achievement, also help bring other events to this region, and will aid in our quest to become a UEFA top 100 club. It will reinforce the AFC Community Trust position as leading the way in Europe following the recent top UEFA award we, rec- we received. We aim to inspire people to participate in sport, encouraging more people to achieve by being the best they can be, creating an Academy for Excellence for Football Talent to serve the Northeast, generating that feel-good factor right across the region. During the planning process, there was much debate why we needed the training facilities to be located alongside the stadium. We firmly believe that this co-location represents the opportunity to create something unique that will be then envy of other clubs, the best environment to inspire, motivate, attract and retain today's and tomorrow's players, along with top football management, and coaches, and to roll in the additional community facilities that provide the foundation for the trust to further deliver for all sectors of the community. Our ambition is to drive maximum eco, socioeconomic benefits into the communities through the power and passion of football, with our players and football management at the heart of delivering this. With one complex that encompasses a new stadium, Football Training Academy and Community Sports Hub, we will have a focal point for our footballers and our coaches to train and interact with the community as well as engage in off-field activity. This progressive engagement strategy will lead the way in Scottish football with an integrated facility that acts as a destination and visitor attraction forming part of the regeneration we're starting to see across the city and the wider region. A center of excellence which combined with other sporting facilities will make the Northeast a sporting powerhouse. Cormac Park is phase one of delivering on this ambition. I'm delighted we are here today celebrating the launch of these amazing facilities. There are so many people to thank in reaching this major milestone. Firstly, I must pay tribute to our fans and committed supporters of the award-winning Aurora campaign who showed what can be achieved by galvanizing under a shared vision to demonstrate the huge public support that existed for the project. I must also thank the councillors and Aberdeen City Council for believing in the club's vision and granting planning consent. Without the necessary funding, we simply wouldn't be here today, and for this We are hugely indebted to Dave Cormack and his family in particular, but also to people like Tom Crotty, Roger Lee, Jimmy Milne, Mike Logie, Willie and Elaine Donald, and Bert McIntosh and his family. The latter two have also played a vital role in the construction of these facilities, along with Morrisons and other local contractors. Led by our amazing professional team, Projects Director Raymond Edgar, Architects Holiday Fraser and Monroe, Surveyors McLeod Nakin, Engineers Fairhurst, Project Coordinator Ian Thompson of TMC, Legal Advisor Elaine Parson Black, and last but not least, Zoe Ogleby and Team Big BR, who played a vital role as well. To all our AFC staff who have contributed towards this, on top of doing their day-to-day job. Also, all our board members for their contribution and support. A special thanks to George Yule. George played a key role in the early stages of the project. I would also like to extend a special thanks to our manager, Derek McInnes. Derek played a vital role in helping us g- gain planning, as well as valued input into the design of the facilities. Also, the players, the coaches, and all the football operations team for their patience in awaiting for delivery of these facilities. For too long, They have had to endure the day-to-day hardship of poor, outdated training facilities which were woefully behind every other club in Scottish football. Our success in the pitch over the last six years has been achieved despite the lack of these facilities. And for that, Derek and the guys must be congratulated. But Derek, be warned. Now that you've got these... (laughs) Now that you've got these fantastic facilities, the expectations are through the roof. (laughs) A league title, more silverware, and always in the group stages in Europe, and on a lower budget because... (laughs) because these facilities have got to be paid for. <laughs> no, big, no big ask for a man of your capabilities. Without doubt, this is a major milestone in the club's history. I think it's very fitting that the man who made the greatest impact <coughs> in building a huge part of our great club's history and creating the profile that our club now enjoys is with us. Sir Alec, we are very honoured and very proud to have you here with us today and I'd like to hand over to you to say a few words.
8: Things never change. <laughs> Sounding with Dick Donald there,
3: Ian.
8: <laughs> um, I'm delighted to see the progress of the club. Don't forget, in 78, we were the first club to uh, have all CD stadium. That was a time that uh, I was remember with Dick Donald and and uh, Chris um, Anderson had this debate about Where we should go, and Chris had a a vision, and and Dick, of course, was straight. Keep everything simple, and we did it. You know, and it was followed by Coventry City. So it's not beyond Aberdeen to show the way ahead, and they're doing it again. And particularly so for for the coach. This is for the coach to set out the proper progress for young people to be trained properly and it's, I think that that's an indication about the progress of the club now, it's been absolutely imperative to have a training ground in the modern day and the athletes that you're producing and uh, the competitions you're in today, is different from my you know, it the kind of players we had then were special you know it's f- hard to find these diamonds it's hard to find them and uh we'd st- stalwarts with Bobby and Willie Miller and these were legends in the club and uh, we could uh, we could train the beach every day and still win the league <laughs> you know it was, it was an amazing group of players to be involved with, and it was a pleasure to to know that they uh, Some people have got something inside them. Some players are very talented and natural athletes, natural footballers. But there's some players who inside them have something that makes them special. And we had quite a few players with that. Quite a few players. And uh, it was a pleasure to be here at that time. But today is a different day. You've You've got a platform now. We've got a great platform to move on and be progressive and be successful again, and I'm really delighted for that. So, Stuart, you'll need to get money out. You, you, you can't go with to down the grave with pockets full of money. But I wish you. I wish you good luck. Just keep doing the lottery. Anyway, it's a pleasure to be here and an, an, an honour to to be in the opening in your training ground. Well done.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> we heard earlier from Stuart Mill, who has been at the helm throughout the struggle to finally secure the new facilities for the club, but as he said he would be the first to admit that he has had great support from boardroom colleagues past and present. Our next speaker certainly falls into that category. After a brief spell as chief executive at the start of the century, he joined the board in 2017 and became vice chairman last year. A lifelong Don's fan, he's made a right few quid during his business career in the States, and his valuable financial contribution has played a major part in us all being here today. He is, of course. Steve Cormack.
3: Uh, thank you, Sir Alex. Perhaps you could get Stuart to give me back my wallet and checkbook. Um, so, uh, Stuart had the pleasure of being at uh, one of our daughter's weddings a number of years ago. And he, he heard my father with the bride speech. And, um, and so, having hear, heard that, it was supposed to take 12 minutes, it took 21. He told me I had to script it today or we'd be here by th- this evening. Um, so, good afternoon to everyone. Thank you for being here to celebrate. After 116 years, our very own training facilities, an integrated community hub and campus. Um, I'm joined today by my wife, Fiona, brought up in Kingcorth. I'm a Garthie boy myself. Our son, Craig, is here too. Uh, born in Aberdeen 33 years ago, uh, we're joined today by uh, a number of family members who live in Aberdeen. And as somebody who left Aberdeen 33 years ago, I never really feel like I left Aberdeen. It's still home, home to us. But I have with me today my uncle Kenny. Unfortunately, unfortunately, um, my parents passed away a number of years ago. But my uncle Kenny was 15 years old on the day Aberdeen won the Scottish Cup in 1947, beating Hibernian. Two um, one, and so that was a wee while ago, Uncle Kenny. Yeah, um, and as I look back, I, a, a personal perspective here is somebody who is an expat, let's call it that. Um, I remember growing up. We grew up in a, in, 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 as a group of families together, aunts, uncles, cousins. Started out life in a in, in a slum in Spring Garden, next to the old ice rink, where uh, we were in a, a one room garret with no running water, but. There was always food on the table and great love from the family. I remember um, my uncles taking me to Bughtodry and asking to uh, hand me over the turnstile so they didn't need to pay for me to get in. And if you had a real, um, a real Aberdonian at the turnstile, it said no. We had to wait and listen to the game till half time, and then eventually uh, Dick Donald would open the gate so you could get in. But he never did it at a big game. Um, so, Stuart, hopefully now I've paid my dues for swicking into Pataudri all these years ago. As I mentioned earlier, we left Aberdeen in 87, spent nine years in London before moving to Atlanta 24 years ago. But Aberdeen is still home. We've been home every year, at least once, and by now with, uh, and now with my involvement at the club, we're home for about three months of the year. Compared to the nice toasty weather in the south of the states, we just can't stay away from the drizzle and the haar in Aberdeen. Stuart, uh, thank you for your leadership, tenacity, and never-say-die attitude over the last 20 years, taking the club to this uh, pivotal position as we open these critical facilities. It would not have happened without you. A number of people here have made an impact on me. Um, directly and indirectly. Sir Alex, uh, as I mentioned when we had dinner in Boston a couple of years ago, whenever I doubted myself with a business challenge, whether it was running out of money, and we did with my first software startup in London, or with a business dilemma in the States, I'd get up during the wee hours and I'd read from A A Light in the North or Manage My Life, extracts from these books where Sir Alex describes leading his teams and managing his life gave me the reassurance, self-belief, motivation and confidence to follow and trust my own instincts when I was stressing over a challenge and actually questioning myself. As a Don's fan, seeing us win the 1970 Scottish Cup all the way through to being there in Gothenburg and seeing the glory years of the 80s, I have to mention Willie Miller, a true leader, someone who led from the front and by example No one and no team intimidated Willie. Willie and his charges did all the intimidating. And of course, we love Willie for refereeing all the games he played in. (laughs) It drove and Rangers mad, but it was a joy to watch. Bobby Clark, coach, educator, mentor, gentleman, and family man. I call him Mr. Clark when I I got reconnected with Bobby in, in I think it was 96, when he was at Stanford. I, I kept calling him Mr. Clark. And the reason behind that is when I was at Rutherston and we had field one day and Mr. Clark took the field, I inadvertently called him Bobby. And if any of you were at Rutherston, the head teacher there, PE teacher, Mr. Williamson, or Billy as we called him, Williamson heard me and I got six of the belt. So forgive me if I call him Mr. Clark today because I, I, I keep looking out for Mr. Williamson coming around the corner. We reconnected, uh, Bobby and I, in, in the States in '96. As fate would have it, my new investment partner, Tom Croddy, an ex-Notre Dame <coughs> soccer captain, was a benefactor to and supporter of the men's soccer program at Notre Dame during Bobby's 17-year tenure as coach. Bobby is revered as an outstanding coach in America, with over 50 of his players going on to play professionally at a senior level and internationally, including John Gallagher, who is with Aberdeen today. In spite of his calm demeanor, those who know Bobby know that he's highly competitive and hates losing. Uh, just ask the late Ali McLeod. <coughs> we'll tell that story later, <laughs> or Bobby can <laughs> when he gets up. Um, it's a fitting honor that, a football academy, that the Football Academy now bears his name. Bobby, you've touched more people than you'll ever know. And Mr. Clark, I count myself as someone thankful to be able to call you my friend. To my wife of 37 years, Fiona, you're the heartbeat of our family. Everyone says when World War III arrives that I'm hanging from the chandeliers and Fiona will be making a cup of tea and saying, don't worry about it. You've supported me in my career by moving away from your close-knit family in Aberdeen and backing me in my uh, businesses. Three years ago, I said I was going to retire. After uh, about six months, uh, I got bored and Fiona said to me, now remember, I married you for better or worse, but not for lunch, so go and find a, go and find a job. Um, Stuart has said to Fiona many a time, how on earth have you stayed married to him for 37 years? To which Fiona replies, Stuart, he's still work in progress, but I've no desire to train anybody else, especially you. <laughs> I did indeed marry well above my station. Let me give you some observations. Uh, as an Aberdonian living abroad, we don't talk to oursel- ourselves up enough as a city and as a shire. I have a lot of American friends that have come here, and they're just blown away by the city, the heritage, the country, the highlands, what we have here. And um, you know, I think it's something that, that we ought to think about. In fact, if you Google it, there's an article just three or four months ago in the New York Times about hidden gems of cities. Uh, to visit and see in Europe, um, or worldwide, and Aberdeen was as, as one of them. I actually missed out. I missed out uh, one thing here, which is closer to home, uh, my mother-in-law, Barbara Stiles, Fiona's mum, will celebrate her 90th birthday in a few months. Barbara's been like a second mum to me over 40 years. She's a Dons fan and still goes to all the games. And her season ticket is paid for, so Nemer's sweating for me. <laughs> She's my landlady in Concorth when I'm home, insisting on home-cooked breakfasts and dinners, and often making toast and a cup of tea before you go to bed, just to keep you going, as they say in Aberdeen. And she has a real coal fire, very few left. So Barbara, it's no wonder we call you uh, super Gran. After all these years in the States, and Sir Alex, you and I talked about the Irish um, um, last time we kind of got together with uh, Jim Pallotta in Boston. But all these years in the States, it still riles me when I'm told I have a lovely Irish accent. I just tell them the truth about the British Isles. So if you think of your geography, the British Isles. The Welsh are just the Irish who couldn't swim. The Irish are an evenly balanced nation. They have a chip on both shoulders. The best thing about England is the road to Scotland, and Scotland is, of course, God's country. Fiona and I set up the Cormac Foundation because we've been blessed and we remember our roots. Our main focus is supporting disadvantaged children, many in poverty, with the goal of providing a hand-up versus a handout. Uh, we do a lot of work in Cartagena and Columbia with thousands of kids that live in utter uh, poverty, uh, happy kids. They're living amongst um, rape, rats, <coughs> incest, and um, we have a number of projects there to help those kids have a safe place. But, you know, even in Aberdeen, coming back and get involved with the club, right next to Pataudry at Seton, there are some real challenges that are there. Barry Douglas, who's the club uh, pastor, runs a community church there, and uh, some of us with the club have been involved in in the project that's there. One of the things that I'm proud of the club is is that um we have we all talk about um all for aberdeen football club but aberdeen should be for all or for everybody so we over the last couple of years a number of us got together in businesses to 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 uh, create uh, this this vehicle where their 600 season tickets are fully paid for but they go out to the community through a number of charity partners barry's example where he has about 60 tickets that are used and well used he's got absent fathers coming to take their kids to Pataudry for games that wouldn't do so otherwise and we give them drink and food vouchers and I think that's one of the things that's um is critical uh, for us in particular with these community facilities um that we have (coughs) charity begins at home Fiona and I were pleased to support making this landmark project happen and accepting the naming of the training and community campus as Cormac Park. What was uppermost in our mind was our desire for future generations of our family in the states to remember that Aberdeen is home and the Dons are our team. Thank you for being here to celebrate with us today and
6: stand free. Thank you Thank you very much indeed to Dave. Uh, a major part of the development here at Kingford will be the coaching and developments of young talent. The young talent which we all hope will continue to bring success to the football club. And it was with some delight that Aberdeen FC announced last year that our club legends would be honoured as part of it. The Bobby Clark Football Academy will be at the heart of what is going on here. And it's fitting that his contribution to the Dons is to be recognised in this way capped 17 times for Scotland. He played almost 600 times for Aberdeen, and he picked up all the major honours. He was involved in coaching, as Dave said, um, carved out a hugely successful career for many years in the United States. But he is back home now, and I know that he is so pleased to be part of this exciting adventure. So please welcome Bobby Clark. (laughs) Come on, old man. Thanks, Richard.
9: Better get something out here. I'm not so good at remembering things nowadays. So anyway, I can only remember the good things. So anyway, thanks, Richard, uh, for that, and Stuart, Sir Alex, and uh, and Dave. Good to get all your your words, and I'm really humbled and and very honoured to be associated with the Youth Academy here at Cormac Park. It kind of takes me back. I think. Uh, when? 1977, which that's a long time, I think it's over 40 years ago when uh, I was still playing at that time and uh, I got the opportunity to work alongside Len Taylor and Teddy Scott with the, uh, you know, the youth academy. We'd called it schoolboy coaching, it wasn't fancy then, we called it schoolboy coaching and that was a tremendous learning experience for me at that time and, but it was also great fun. I think that was the w- one of the great things about it. And I suppose that was what started me off in a, a long road to a long career coaching all over the world, basically. And, uh, but it all began, I, I felt, when Lenny and I and Teddy were were working in the car park. The next year, in nineteen seventy-eight, uh, Sir Alex arrived, <laughs> and. Uh, it was, uh, I remember Stuart Kennedy and I, we were in the World Cup, we were in Argentina at the time, when we heard, first of all, we heard Billy McNeil had left and gone back to Celtic, then we heard that uh, Alex Ferguson had taken over, and Stuart and I said, now what's this going to be like, you know? <laughs> I said, well, I've got about 14 stitches and an ear down here from him, from playing, when he was playing with Rangers. And... Uh, Anyway, we didn't have long to wait. We we returned, if you remember, from Argentina a little bit sooner. (laughs) Sooner than we'd anticipated. And I'd heard that Lenny had actually managed to get her under-15 schools team into the final of the the, the Scottish Schools Cup. And it was the the second leg, the the away leg for us, was being played... I think it was at Beath Juniors. Lenny, is that right? I think we decided it was. Le- we we've both forgotten where it was, but it was. It was. It was against Ayrshire, so it was down Ayrshire some. So I just stayed overnight with my parents, and, and drove down to 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 be with Lenny and and, and the game. And uh, it was funny. The game finished. I think was it was at one one. I think Johnny Hewitt scored. And anyway, coming off the field who's there, first person I think I met was my old boss, or my, sorry, my new boss, he's my old boss now, he's my new boss, and he came up, and after a few pleasantries, he said, uh, how, how many of the guys do we have on the, on the staff? And I, and I thought, I, said, I think just Neil Cooper was the only one that was on a nest for him. he says, well, what, what about Hewitt? Hewitt, where's Hewitt? And I says, well, I don't know, I, I mean, it wasn't really, we recommended people, but we didn't sign them. He says, "Ah, oh, we'll, have, we'll have to get him on. And I think it took him, but I think the next Wednesday, Johnny Hewitt was an Aberdeen player. And, and I think that just showed you what Alec was like. First of all, he found his way somehow down to Ayrshire to see a schoolboy under 15 game. And then he'd already sorted out who he wanted on his staff it hadn't been signed, and he'd already signed them by about two days later, so I think that was uh, Sir Alex, so, uh, and that was the whirlwind, the tornado that came in, and, and well, the rest, history, I, I, I suppose, but Alex, Sir Alex was fantastic with the with the youth, uh, youth academies, Lenny used to arrange, every Thursday night, he would arrange for an under 16 club team to come down and play our under 15 squad, and uh, there used to be, it was in the car park, thats that was our, our t- when I look out there now, wow. <laughs> but anyway, it was in the car park, and there was a, a little sort of asbestos dugout. I think there was maybe a room for three of us, you know, and so there'd be Lenny and I, and Alec would always squeeze in for the first half of that Thursday night game, and Teddy would be standing outside, sort of leaning on it, there wasn't room for Teddy in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he'd be talking to everybody anyway, you know, and then going back in to do some more work. Teddy worked 24 hours, I think, at Patilandry, but anyway, uh, that was Alec, and, and I honestly don't think that, that Lenny and I really appreciated the football education that, that we got from Teddy Scott and Sir Alec, and Teddy's no longer here, but I can thank Sir Alex for for that education that that, that stood me in good stead right through all my my coaching career. Uh, I think the great thing about the schoolboy coaching back then was I thought that it was at Pataudry. I mean, the the field itself wasn't very good. I mean, I think Simi, where are you, Simi? You uh, You can testify to that. I'll see you at the back. It wasn't very wide, the field. I don't think it was even a rectangle. It was a kind of roundabout this way. But it was a field. The, the floodlights were really just car park lights. They weren't, they weren't really floodlights. They, they were car park lights. But the big thing is that it was at Pataudry. And, and I, I think the schoolboys were so excited just to come back down. They, they, they were coming to Pataudry. You know, and, and, and that, that was a that was great thing. Now... Neil Simpson, I know the chairman put pressure on Derek there, but, but when I walked in there and I see all these fields now, and you can remember what the old fields were like, with the nice floodlights, you know, but the big thing is now when the schoolboys come in here, this is now the new Pataudry. Cormac Park is now, the, it's the new soccer cathedral for the, for the northeast. And I think that's going to be really special for all the boys that come down here. So, anyway, one last thing I think I must say it's, uh having Simi as the Director of Coaching it, it is something really special. I know Lenny and I both feel that because Simi was the first boy in, uh, in Lenny in my era that was taken from the, the schoolboy coaching into into Aberdeen Football Club. And... It's great to see him having had a great career and then obviously now is a is director of coaching for, for the, the Youth Academy. So delighted. But come on, let's give, <laughs> give Sydney a... <laughs> <laughs> again, I, I, I think I've over- yeah, talked well, my You talk, can talk, talk, you. talk, talk <laughs> my, my, my welcome here, but I, I just want to, again, Thank the chairman and all the board of directors for this honour. It's fantastic that I'll always be associated with my club, Aberdeen. Thank you. Thank you.
6: Perhaps more than anyone, our next speaker has reason to be absolutely thrilled. By what has happened here in recent months and to be excited by the prospect of what lies ahead. When he took over as manager six and a half years ago, the chairman promised a training ground was just around the corner <laughs> on a minibus to various bits of grass around the city. Uh, no longer, we now have custom built facilities and a dedicated complex in which Derek and his staff can coach the players and plan for future matches and indeed for the future of the club. The manager of Aberdeen FC, Derrick
1: McInnes. Good afternoon. It's great to hear some of the stories, uh, Bobby reminiscing there. And, and as Richard says here, I'm here today to, um, just to speak about the benefits, uh, the obvious benefits of us as a, on the professional side of it. Um, Six and a half years ago, as Richard says, um, on starting work here at Aberdeen, Tony and I took our first training session at the Barracks on a truly awful surface. Um, It was about April. Um, A simple passing drill, unable to be done of any standard whatsoever. And tomorrow we'll do the same passing drill. Um, Not that we're no moving on, but it's just it was a good passing drill. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to do it on our new home here at Cormac Park. One of the pitches, as you've seen for yourself, um, where no player can have any complaints and that's what we've always tried to do is set a standard of work and be elite in everything we're trying to do, don't give the players anything to complain about but every single one of our players that morning had everything to complain about, the pitch awful, conditions awful, environment awful and we're we'll trying to get them ready to compete with Rangers and Celtic and all the likes uh, come Saturday and we're expected to be up there challenging but we, are with, we were without doubt bottom of the league table in terms of facilities, now that's no longer the case. Today we're taking a huge step forward. The club's first bespoke training facility in its proud 116 year history. This is a significant milestone and that will have both a positive impact on the club's daily football operation. The board of AFC deserve huge credit in delivering this today. Well done to you all. Um, Never had you in doubt, never had it in doubt. Um, (laughs) In particular, Chairman and, and Dave. Dave's financial support to the chairman and the club, his energy and expertise uh, has been of a huge bearing on us being here today, but we must also thank the supporters and many friends of the club who have been mentioned already and helping us along the way. A few years ago we set ourselves a target of being a top 100 UEFA club, a bold and ambitious target considering where we were ranked, and one we recognise is not achievable by spending our way there but by being innovative, resourceful, and being smarter in our competition. We've been able to develop in other areas of the club like investing in our team both on and off the pitch, developing our culture and philosophy, and utilising tools and systems to help us be the best we can be. Comma Park will help us no end, and it's a facility we can be extremely proud of. We've already experienced how the training facility, even when incomplete, can help us attract new players to the club and we believe it will help our future recruitment as we work hard to be the club of choice. This is true for both the professional side of the club, but even more importantly also for the Youth Academy. No longer will we lose players, hopefully to the west of Scotland teams. Keep, them, keep these boys here in the north-east. It is an absolute pleasure to have had Sir Alex open the facility, but it is also hugely fitting that he does so. His legacy of building successful Aberdeen teams with an identity of homegrown players is still something we work hard to maintain now. Our future football strategy will rely on our ability to develop local young talent. And it's no surprise that the supporters have chosen the likes of Wally Muller, Neil Cooper and Ian Jess, to name our pitches after, all products of a development programme which was built on by Sir Alex and supported um, by Bobby and Lenny Taylor, who are also delighted to have us here today. Together with Neil Simpson, we'll be working hard to ensure that that legacy remains and we maintain that pathway for young players to achieve first-team football. That journey is visible as young players will make their way through the building from the front door as they progress, with the pre-academy and under 10s nearest the door, and as you go in, and that target of a professional career, and that final destination at the end of the corridor, being nurtured, taught and driven to be a proper Aberdeen player. We'll start to enjoy the benefits of Cormark Park for the player development pathway immediately, and all our academy teams will benefit from increased pitch sizes, Extended coaching sessions, which means contact time with players, will increase. The first team and development squads will regain lost hours otherwise spent on minibus journeys darting across the city, meaning more hours on the pitch, in the gym or in the performance hub. Less hours will be lost to frozen training pitches as we benefit from new state-of-the-art undersoil heating system and the resilience of the hybrid pitch over the winter months. With the floodlighting, we also gain greater flexibility in the training programme and as the darker winter nights set in. We're looking to be using a more efficient gym space with over double the available space that we have at Petodri, meaning a full squad can utilise the gym at any one time. And what Cormac Part ultimately means for the football programme is more pitch space, greater pitch time, less interruption, with the aim of delivering wins on a Saturday. We believe we've also created an environment to inspire not only our young development talent, but also our experienced senior players. There's no opportunity for uninterrupted and private individual practice conducive to learning and improving. We believe we've created a space where players are hungry to come to their work every day and produce a standard of work that is acceptable, what an Aberdeen player should be delivering, and that will help when we are preparing for a high performance on a match day. The opening of of Cormac Park gives us real credibility as a club and a training centre to rightly feel proudly of. One of the main benefits was creating an environment that promotes openness and dialogue between our high performance teams and medical sports science, performance analysis and coaching. No longer negotiating over desk space or bumping into each other in an office that we have often likened to a cupboard under your stairs. We've been able to create a true performance hub here where all these functions can come together, make our players stronger, quicker, more resilient and ultimately better. A special thanks must go to Colonel Norrie Donald, camp commanding at the Gordon Barracks and to Angus Donaldson and Bob Philp of the University of Aberdeen We have been for years very accommodating, allowing all of our teams from the academy to first team to utilise the facilities. The club has relied on their support and cooperation over many years to provide homes for our teams, and we're grateful for your hospitality, for giving us a platform from which to perform. Many talented players have gone on to enjoy successful careers at the very top of the game, having perfected their skills down the hill at Bulgownie and over at the Barracks. Over many years, we've all worked hard to create a special family environment here. Living the words of Alfredo de Stafano, which are on the wall here. Cormart Park has us moving forward together. As one family, with the professional squads, youth academy, AFC community trust, and the support structures of each, these will continue to work closely together for the benefit of our club, and our city, and our region. And finally, our chairman. Being a chairman can sometimes be a thankless task and anything you do is never enough in the eyes of many, but your determination, tenacity, courage, leadership, despite many hurdles facing us, has got this done. Normally our chairman bills things to make money. (laughs) But, But you have overseen something which is way more rewarding. There is no bigger support of our club than yourself and on behalf of all my staff, my players, We are going to reap the benefits of this now, but also future generations to come, we thank you. What a brilliant job. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Derek. Um, While the development here at Kingsford is a massive step forward for the club, it's also gonna be of major benefit to the Northeast community as a whole. As you all know, the Aberdeen FC community trust has done some remarkable work in that respect in recent years the new facility will give its staff a permanent base somewhere they can utilize to support and develop the various programs which have made a massive difference to the lives of so many so many so please welcome the chairman of the trust duncan skinner
10: wow don't you just love it when a plan comes together This is fantastic. Uh, Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, you know, win, lose, or draw on the pitch. At Aberdeen Football Club, we're fortunate to have a board which completely recognizes its responsibility off the pitch to use the AFC brand and image to deliver opportunities to change lives for the better throughout the northeast of Scotland. The board have been particularly supportive in the establishment of our club community trust, a separate charitable organisation created to support those who need the help most in our local communities. Created only five years ago, we've developed a trust that involves over 20 full-time staff. This team, together with about 80 regular volunteers, deliver a host of football and non-football related activities, resulting in over 424,000 participations in the last year alone. And funding services worth over a million pounds annually. A recent study commissioned by UEFA and involving the SFA and AFCCT demonstrated that we deliver a tenfold social return on investment. So that one million delivers over 10 million in social value in the Northeast. Sir Alex, of course, delivered two European trophies for the Dons in the glorious run we all enjoyed in the 80s. I'm delighted then. But the Trust has equaled this feat by delivering two European awards. In 2017, our Dementia Friendly initiative was awarded the European Club Association Best CSR Programme. And in the past few weeks, UEFA Grassroots Awards named us the best professional community club in Europe. Surely a case for adding two stars to the Trust logo. (laughs) We want to do more And now we can. The trust involvement at Cormac Park affords us the opportunity to provide a new community hub from where we can expand our reach and deliver wider participation and opportunities for all. While we we are all indebted to our uh, our sponsors and supporters, particular thanks must go to both Dave Cormac and to AFC for their funding of the trust here at Kingsford. We have been gifted a million pounds from the Cormac Foundation and were gifted shares from AFC, which we sold for 400,000 pounds when the new investment was being arranged in 2017. These funds have been used to finance a 22 year lease for the Community Trust at Cormac Park, negotiated with generous discounts from the club, and which will allow the Trust to deliver its charitable activities here and also to raise much-needed charity funds through selling 3G 3G pitch time to third parties in the region. Interested parties, please contact Robbie Hederman. We're incredibly excited to be such a large part of this facility, where we have access to over 6,000 hours of 3G pitch and grass pitch time per annum, where our programme participants can engage in trust activities alongside their heroes in the professional pitches there can be no doubting the club's commitment to the community with 67% of available time on the non-professional pitches being dedicated to trust activities. And therefore, there is little doubt that this will enhance our ability to to deliver on the three community trust pillars of football for life, education and healthy communities. This venue, of course, is unique. Combining the activities of the professional teams, the Youth Academy, and the Community Trust at the same facility. While we've seen how much it means to our participants to come to Petaudri, to come here to Cormac Park and to the new stadium when built will be so exciting. When the Trust will have access to even more community facilities on the same site, allowing further expansion to the work we do to provide support and opportunity to those who need it most. Ladies and gentlemen, I do hope you enjoy your time with us today and hope that we can provide a platform perhaps to inspire more exciting initiatives and partnering opportunities with the Trust to help enhance the lot of our communities through football. Thank you very much.
6: As Duncan has pointed out, there are huge benefits for the whole of the North East community in the development here at Kingsford. It has taken a long time to reach this point, and the club couldn't have done so without the help and support of local administrators. They spent many, many, many (laughs) long hours discussing and debating the project, uh, helping to ensure that in the end we have finally arrived here today. So from Aberdeen City Council, the co-leader, Councillor Douglas Lumsden.
11: Thank you, and yes, we finally have arrived. Um, Good afternoon, and on on behalf of the Lord Provost, thank you for the invitation to be part of such a significant day for the the football club, the city and the region. As co-leader of Aberdeen City Council, I've become accustomed to speaking at a variety of different events, but today is special for so many reasons, and I've certainly got a formidable uh, line-up to follow. It's uh, it's fitting that we're in the presence of true legends of the game as we mark the unveiling of a facility that will inspire the next generation and provide a platform for the next chapter in the success story of Aberdeen Football Club to be written. For aspiring young players and established professionals, as well as the the management team and coaching staff, this complex will be a game-changing development. And on behalf of the Council, I must pass on our appreciation of the vision and ambition that has been demonstrated by the Chairman the directors, and everyone associated with the club. We're in the midst of an incredible, exciting time, a period of change in the city on the, of the scale that's never been seen before and may never uh, unlikely to be seen again. This year alone, we've seen the long-awaited Bypass Open, the new exhibition complex p Live, and just this week, the world-class, redeveloped Aberdeen Art Gallery unveiled. And today is another milestone in that incredible transformation we see all around us, and one we can all celebrate, recognising the positive impact the Dons have on all aspects of life in the North-East. And not only are we looking forward to the sporting benefits the Complex will bring, but also to the continuation and expansion of the award-winning work being carried out by the AFC Community Trust. The Council is a proud partner of the Trust, supporting initiatives in key communities throughout the City, with a shared aim of giving everyone in Aberdeen the chance to fulfil their potential. And thousands of lives have been improved already and momentum is building and the great influence the dedicated team of staff and volunteers have can't be overstated and we look forward to that fantastic work continuing in the months and years ahead. And as the chairman said earlier, sport and football in particular are fantastic vehicles for pulling our communities together, for breaking down barriers and for bringing the best out of people. Cormark Park will be so important in harnessing those strengths going forward. And it's a privilege and pleasure to be here today to see all of the hard work that has gone on behind the scenes come into fruition. So congratulations once again to everyone involved in delivering a wonderful facility for for the club, for the city and for the region. Thank you.
6: Thank you, and thank you to all our speakers. Um, You will now have the opportunity to have a look around the facilities. Refreshments will be on offer, I think, down the corridor there. We'll certainly be guiding you to wherever you need to go. Um, Stuart Mill, Dave Cormack, Bobby Clark, and Duncan Skinner will all be available for further media interviews and photographs. Uh, Lisa and the guys will help you with that. Um, A huge thanks, I think, in particular to Sir Alex Ferguson for coming up and being among us once again. (laughs) The club clearly still has a big part in his heart. It's just wonderful to see him here on this auspicious day. Um, Thanks to all of you for being here. Please enjoy the facility and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.
0: you know Christmas is just around the corner the official Aberdeen FC 2020 calendar is now available to buy online or in person at the club shop. It's £7 and always works as a good hint for a Christmas present. Also available is a special 2019 commemorative edition poppy with the club crest with all proceeds going towards poppy Scotland and these can be picked up in the club shop in Aberdeen. A reminder to Uber DNA members that there's a Q&A session being held in the National Hotel in Dingo ahead of the Ross County match this Saturday. Tickets for the event can be purchased online via the club website. Speakers will be Aberdeen directors Craig Brown, commercial director Rob Wicks, and director of football operations Stephen Gunn. And all will get underway from 12:15. If you start arriving from 12:15, the event will get underway at 12:30 p.m. And there are still some seats available for our match on Saturday in Dingo. You can still order these online at AFC.co.uk. UK forward slash e-tickets. Tickets Tickets cost £25 for adults, £10 for over 65s and students and £5 for under 18s. Got no news on the away ticket for St Johnston yet at McDermott Park on Sunday the 24th of November but you can buy tickets for our home match against St Mirren at Potaudry on the 30th of November from now. And if you head into the match this Saturday, enjoy your day out. I'm sure the Marler will be packed out. I'll catch you back here on Tuesday from 8pm with all the post match from Dingwall. Till then, thanks for listening and stand free.
4: That's all for this week.
0: More Aberdeen news next Tuesday evening from 8.